Buenas noches, and welcome to episode 21 of the SoCo Show. I'm your co-host. No, you're not. <laughs> yes, we're not doing that. I am your co-host, We Seth. are doing it, Seth. <laughs> we are doing it. He is the SoHo-host, Seth Ott. I am the co-host, Cody Michael. You're ruining it. Welcome to the show. <laughs> so angry. <laughs> I am angry because it's a good joke and you're not going to kill it, Seth. Oh, I'll kill it. <laughs> 21. 21, our uh, podcast you can drink. We can. Oh, and it's gonna. I'm getting turnt. <laughs> Tw- birthday 21. Do you remember your 21st birthday? Um, I know what happened. <laughs> I don't remember it. I couldn't tell you firsthand. I've heard a lot of third-hand stories. You were there. No, I wasn't there for the 21st. I was there that weekend. Yeah. I wasn't there for the... Oh, yeah. I guess you weren't there for the actual birthday because yeah. it was during the week. Mm-hmm. I know that weekend we got drunk both nights. Well, you got drunk. I wasn't that drunk. <laughs> <laughs> not, much, not much has changed. <laughs> Yeah, I still don't get that drunk. You get the most drunk all the time. Oh, whatever. Do you remember your 21st? Um, the actual day, yes. I was working. I just started. I'd only been, I'd been at my job for a couple months, and we went, uh, a bunch of work people went to karaoke, and I uh, had a couple bush lights, and uh, it's, yeah, sang, I sang Semi, Semi-Charm Life by Third Eye Blind. Classic. And The Real Slim Shady. Also classic. And I think that was it. Fun times as being 21. I certainly can't drink the way I used to anymore. I can try. I certainly try. But we did, we did in L.A. Yeah, but we paid for it dearly. <laughs> it used to be when you're 21, you could get stink-faced and then just like go to work the next day and be fine. Or like go to school the next day and be fine. St- stink-faced? Stink-faced, yeah. Is that when, is that when someone sits on your face? Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> where was I during these times when you were getting stink-faced in eight? You were hanging out with dudes. I was hanging out with chicks and getting stink faced. Oh, I thought the stink face was when you're when dudes are sitting on your face. No, no, no. That's called something else. According to you, girls don't poop, so That doesn't mean their butts don't stink. <laughs> we're off the rails. <laughs> Let's get to the news. Sports. I know you're gonna be excited to start here, Seth. The number one seed in the NFC is now the Minnesota Vikings. Woo! Uh, they went to what, ten and two? Ten and two. Ten and two. Impressive impressive win against the Falcons. Yeah, that was a boring game, but an impressive one nonetheless. Yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't very exciting. It was not an exciting. But that's game. Vikings football. <laughs> yeah, which like, ugh. talk about the best team, one of the best teams in the, in football, getting shit ratings because no one wants to watch their boring <laughs> style. Um, but you still got a hand to them. Ten and two is tough to pull off. Uh, oh yeah, it's top tied for the top record in the league right now with the Eagles, who lost, and the Patriots. Patriots and, and was, Steelers both won. They both, the Patriots and the Vikings both have a eight game win streak right now. Yeah. So, so it's uh, good times for, for the Vikes. And if you're a fan of any of those other teams, disappointing showing from Philadelphia on Sunday. Mm-hmm. They, um, they kind of got handled. They did. By Seattle. And it's their first real test on defense that they've had all season. And it's, well, I mean, I, I think that, I still think they're obviously a super good team, but. It, it shows that there's there's still some weakness to that team. They're not the invincible team everyone thought they were. Yeah, only one win against a winning opponent, and that was Carolina in like week four. Mm-hmm. And they weren't playing very well. Uh, Eagles got a tough test coming up this weekend. Uh, they're playing the Rams, so that should be a good ball game. Similar style for both teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of really quick quick pace, deep ball offense. Both young teams. Both super young teams. Pretty tough defenses. It, it's going to be an interesting one, and I think a prove-it game for the Eagles. I think at this point, the Eagles need this one more than the Rams do, because you know, after being hot shit all season, if the Eagles lose two in a row to playoff teams, I think they're going to lose a lot of their bandwagon. Mm-hmm. i got a lot of faith in the Rams going into this one. Uh, they're coming off a, you know, a handling of the Arizona Cardinals, who are bad. Um, so, an important win for them within their own division, uh, but one that they were expecting to get. And since Seattle won Sunday night, uh, Rams needed a win and got it. So um, still one game ahead on Seattle in the division. Uh, I believe Seattle now sits in the last wild card spot mm-hmm. instead of Atlanta. Vikings play another playoff team that's in a wild card spot right now in the Panthers this week. So another another really good matchup. Mm-hmm. Two similarly styled teams. Both teams are playing really well. Carolina did lose to the Pretty Saints. Pretty bad too. They got they got uh, the cl- the final score is closer than it was. They scored a touchdown at the end. They were down two touchdowns almost the entire game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and uh, Saints did what they've been doing. They ran the ball really well. Uh, so it appears that that's going to be maybe a weakness for Carolina. Minnesota running the ball really well mm-hmm. lately. So uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe give Minnesota the edge, but I, I, I you know, I, I make a point not to bet against Cam Newton. He's mm-hmm. a stud, and uh, you know, you never know what he's going to be able to do. So a lot of good games. You got, um, you got Minnesota and the Panthers. You got the Rams and the Eagles. And then you've got, you know, Saints playing the Falcons. That's a huge division match. Both those teams really need that win, I think. Mm-hmm. Then you've got uh, the Ravens playing the Steelers, another big division match. Steelers coming off just a bloodbath against mm-hmm. Cincinnati last night. Both teams have a bunch of guys hurt. Juju Smith-Schuster got suspended for yep. a dirty hit he had. Yep. Um, Ryan Chazier on the Steelers had a crazy serious back injury. Sounds like it's a lot less serious than they anticipated, but he was strapped to a board and everything mm-hmm. and taken off. So that was pretty ugly. Now the Steelers got to go into another game against Baltimore, which you know those are always street fights. Yeah. They, anytime that those three teams play each other, no matter the matchup, it's always like someone, there's always fights going on. It's scrappy. It's, it's fun. They're fun to watch. There was a playoff game a couple of years ago. I remember watching between, was it this? I can't remember if it was the Ravens and Steelers or the, the Bengals and Steelers. I think it was Bengals and Steelers. And that game was just back and because, yeah, it was it was the Bengals because Perfect. Perfect mm. kept being, you know, chippy and everything. And th- those are always so much fun. Yeah, I love watching that division. I, I don't give any of them a chance to go all the way this year, but they'll get a mm-hmm. couple teams in the playoffs right now. Baltimore's um, in the wild card spot, I believe. They got another win this weekend. So a lot of good things. There's you know four weeks left of the NFL season, and still a lot of variation. There, there's a lot of different directions. I think there are a few teams that are almost certainly going to get in, mm-hmm. but the order in which they get in, home field advantage and first round buys are all up for grabs. So I don't think we're going to see any teams sitting guys down the stretch. Mm-mm. I think it's close enough in both conferences that everyone's going to need to play every week, yep. which is good. One of the teams trying to get back in that playoff hunt are the Green Bay Packers. They got a big win in overtime on Sunday, which was a really important win because it sounds like Aaron Rodgers might be able to come back this season. Mm-hmm. And if they can get another one or two wins and stay in the hunt, then they they came out and said they want to get him back in the lineup for the last couple games, potentially squeeze them into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Well, can you can you picture a scenario where they're able to do that and they get Rodgers back in, maybe sneak into the wild card? All depends on kind of what else is going on with the wild card situation because there's a lot of you know teams that are have two games up on the Packers right now Packers got the Browns this week which should be a win and then the Panthers in week 15 and that would be the the team that Rodgers potentially comes back against and that's a scary team to come back against because they know how to get after the quarterback and you know you can say oh he knows how to fall or you know this and that but thing is you never know what's going to happen when you're out there and I think that for me the only way I would come back for the only way I would start Aaron Rodgers in this case is obviously you have to beat the Browns and then which I think will happen and then you have to see who else won that week you know if if there if you're still you know two games behind even if you have Rodgers you're still not guaranteed to to make the playoffs so why risk that for next season now, if like some like let's say Seattle loses this week to the to the Jaguars, and now the Packers are only a game behind, that's a different story. Now, now you kind of have a better shot at it. So that's what I would look at. Yeah, it's one of the things where I we talked about this last week, and I said don't bring him back at all. It's it's not worth the risk. But he is Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. So if you have a snowball's chance at getting into the playoffs, once you're in the playoffs, you never know what Rodgers can do mm-hmm. again. And he's beaten all these teams. Mm-hmm. So. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of do like the idea of maybe they sneak in and make a run with Rodgers. That'd be a really fun kind of Cinderella type movie, movie uh, storyline, which mm-hmm. would be really interesting. Now, I'm not rooting for that yeah. because the Rams could be on the other end of that <laughs> Cinderella story, as could the Vikings. Yeah. But it would still be a really cool storyline for the NFL. And as we've said before, Aaron Rodgers on the field is better than Aaron Rodgers off the yeah. field. And then the week after he plays. They play the Panthers. They play the Vikings, and so that there's that there's that revenge. It's in Green Bay and blah blah blah. But I mean, you never know. Yeah, a lot of good, exciting things come to come in the final in the final month of the NFL regular season, which mm-hmm. is crazy exciting. 
Another quarterback making a comeback this Sunday, Eli Manning, is going to be back on the field. We talked about him last week. He got benched on Sunday for Geno Smith, who is a terrible quarterback that should not play on any team. And he was not happy. Nobody was happy. The Giants lost anyway. And now Ben McAdoo, the head coach, and the general manager both got fired on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And the interim guy came in and said, Manning's our starter for for Sunday. Mm-hmm. So Eli Manning is going to be back in the starting lineup. Giants, obviously, are not going to sniff the playoffs. They'll be closer to the number one pick than anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's this whole ordeal, I think, has... I think last week a lot of people were saying, okay, now Eli leaves, right? Where does Eli go? I don't necessarily believe that because they got rid of the coach and GM. And if I'm any new coach coming in, I want Eli. I'm not going to trade him away for someone else or let him go away or try to draft someone else. Guys won two Super Bowls. He's still young enough. He's still got the juice. Um, You know, if it's me, I'm keeping him. And, well, it remains to be seen who they're going to bring in, but there are a couple coaches on the rumor mill right now one of them being John Gruden. And he's always on the rumor mill. <laughs> he's he's always on every rumor mill, but there was a line of questioning on Monday Night Football where um, his his co-commentator asked him, you know, if the odds were 15 to or 30 to 1 that you were going to be the coach of the Giants next year, would you take the over under and he said that he'd take the under. So hmm. What he, that says to me is that he would consider it if they called him, and you bet your ass they're going to call him because he's John Gruden. Yeah. Here's what I think, and I'll ask you if you think the same thing. Let's say the Giants get John Gruden at the end of this year. They bring back Eli Manning, Odell Beckham Jr., Brandon Marshall. Uh, they've still got Sterling Shepard. They've got four or five Pro Bowlers from last season on that defense who are all going to come back and be healthy. I, I speculate, if they got John Gruden and all of those guys back healthy, they're a playoff team next year. What do you think of that? I don't. Reason for Well, Brandon Marshall won't be back. I, I think his career's done, for one. But that's not the issue. The issue there is the offensive line. And no matter how many... He could have Odo Beckham Jr. and Antonio Brown and Julio Jones as his three wide receivers. If he can't throw the ball, they're not going to be a playoff team. Be, the other thing, too, is their defense is on the field so damn much, they could have 20 pro bowlers on their team have people subbing in that are on the Pro Bowl. They're still not going to win games because they're they're tired. They're they're a Pro Bowl defense does nothing without an offense that stays on the field. Yeah, and that but, all comes back to the offensive line. Yeah, which but they need to draft offensive linemen. Ex- they need to pick some up. It's been done. It You're has, wearing a sweatshirt right now of the yeah, team that did it this it, year from having true. a terrible line. Yeah, it's true. Um, but I, they, they. But if you're saying, but I, to your question, saying just what you just said right now, you know, with those those pieces, I don't. They're, they wouldn't be a playoff team, but if they if they bring in the the right GM and draft correctly, uh, and and gets all offensive linemen in there, then yes, I, I think they could definitely be a playoff team. But the other thing too is if you're if they're going to end up with because they're in a spot right now now that the Niners won, they're in a spot to have the potentially second pick because uh, I think the Browns are already locked in the first one at this point. Um, if you have one of the top two picks, I think it's hard to pass up on one of those two quarterbacks. And, you know, I mean, you never know. There's going to be teams who want Eli Manning. I, I think the Jaguars are a team that have, they've expressed interest, honestly. Uh, so, I, I mean, we'll see. Well, if, if you get a good offer on Eli, on Eli Manning, I think you take it. Yeah, I for me, it's... Um, if you're drafting top two. If you're drafting top two. I'm still not a fan, and I was vocal about this last year. I didn't like that the Rams traded up for Goff. I, I think you can't... I don't think you can draft a quarterback and expect him to start right away. Now... There are have been quarterbacks the last few seasons that have done that. Mm-hmm. But I think in general, the Giants are an, a little bit older team. And getting a quarterback now, I think if you have a chance at the playoffs or a chance at the Super Bowl, which I think that they could if they bring in the right coach and you know bolster the offensive line some, um, you have a chance at a Super Bowl, give me Eli Manning in a Super Bowl, and I'll draft quarterback later. That's my philosophy. I want to win now. I'm not going to mm-hmm. draft a young guy and be good in five years when all my other guys are retired. Mm-hmm. I think just think the timing for this particular team lends itself to Eli rather than a draft pick. But I suspect that there are a lot of people that are, would agree with you mm-hmm. that get rid of Eli and, and get these other guys. I'm just yeah. not among them. Video games! All right, let's go to video games just briefly. And I, I talked a little bit about it last week, but I want to kind of wrap up a, a tiny review of Star Wars Battlefront 2. 
Um, I did finish the campaign mode, so that's really all I'm going to talk about is the campaign. I finished it over the weekend, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of a middling story. It was all pretty original, but it did bring in um, a lot of the old Star Wars characters that you like and that you're used to from the original trilogy. So there's a lot of interesting things. It sort of completes the gap, completes the gap between Return of the Jedi and The Force Awakens. So you find out a lot about what happened after Return of the Jedi, which was really interesting, I thought, because they talk about, you know, spoiler alert for Return of the Jedi. They talk about how the Emperor is now dead and <gasps> what is the Empire going to do and how does it look like from here? And, you know, your character is an Empire soldier. And so it's really interesting how they talk about post-emperor empire and then there's a lot of kind of cool little easter eggs and and cookies that um that sort of fill in these tiny gaps that you were always that everyone was talking about between episodes six and seven and uh there's just it's just the story is pretty cool i love the gameplay on it you know, anytime you get to dress as a stormtrooper and, and laser dudes in the head is pretty sweet with me. And then, you know, every couple missions you get to whip out a lightsaber. So uh, there's some really cool missions in here. A lot of, like, giant set pieces. One of the big climactic moments at the end, you land a ship on one of those huge Star Destroyers. And you have a fight on it while it's getting, while there's a big space battle going on around you. And it's really cool. Um, a lot of really interesting sort of big moments in this one. I think in general, it's just kind of okay for me. While the highs are high, it's a lot of just kind of here I go through the motions some mm-hmm. more. So for everything that that I thought was great about it, there was a lot that was kind of mediocre. So I think for this one, if you're a, if you're a Star Wars fan, you're going to like this a lot. If you're not a Star Wars fan and you're just in it for a shooting game, uh, look somewhere else, I think. So it, it's really the the name and the pictures and, you know, getting to act in a lot of the Star Wars things that you know and love or what makes this one a really good one. The other one I, p- I picked up was Assassin's Creed Origins, and I've only played this for a very little bit, so I'll have a few full review later on. But first thoughts, you know, kind of initial reactions are, one, it looks great. I think visually it's the best, obviously it's the best Assassin's Creed yet. Uh, mechanically, it's a lot better. I've always, I've hated these games that are just mash box, 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 and you'll kill the guy. <laughs> there's a little bit more intricacy to the combat system now, and there's some pretty interesting um, new game mechanics. You get an eagle that flies around. Eagle! And you can use them to, like, scout areas to then go in and then fight guys. Hmm. So there's some cool new additions, and the animus hasn't been mentioned yet which is the thing I've hated about all the Assassin's Creed (laughs) games. The Animus, if you don't know, is you go into it and it reads your ancestors' memories. And it's this really dumb game mechanic that they've had in the old games. But I haven't seen that yet. I'm sure it will occur. We shall see. So I'll have a more full review on that once I finish the story mode. But those are just kind of what I was thinking out of the gates. And it sounds like it's gotten pretty good reviews Mm -hmm. um, outside of just me. So... You know, if if you if you've been away from the Assassin's Creed name for several years, like I have, I haven't played it since the first one, and I'm enjoying it so far. So maybe consider going and picking that one out. Again, I'll have a, a full recommendation or not um, as soon as I finish the story. Television. All right, let's get over to TV, and the first thing we'll touch on, I think, Seth. It sounds like one of the one of the shows that you really like on Netflix is The Ranch. And it's going to be going through some changes. Yeah, it's uh, I, I I like that show. It's not like it's, I'm super huge huge into it, but it's it's you know it's a funny little show, turn your brain off type thing to laugh at. But um, yeah, Danny Masterson who plays Rooster or played Rooster is uh, now off the show after what came out several months ago now of of I think at least four women accusing him of of rape. So I mean, good. I'm glad he's off because that I mean. The, they, there are some pretty strong allegations against him, even more than Kevin Spacey, and well, and this is this is rape, like mm-hmm. actual rape. Yeah, there, you know, there's there's misconduct and and sexual, you know, um, harassment. Harassment. This was rape. Yeah, and but it's crazy to me because Kevin Spacey came out, you know, with the whole thing, and they fired him right away, and then Danny Masterson came out sh- shortly after Kevin Spacey. It was like a couple days, I think, and he's been on. He's been filming ever since. Uh, they just came out today and said that they 
are going to, he's fired immediately, and then they're going to resume filming in 2018 without him. So I think, I would assume he's going to be on this next season. Yeah, they they said, so they wrote him off. He got a send-off from mm-hmm. the show. He just finished filming Monday. And he'll be in the entire next season and part of the season after that, okay. before they write him out. So I guess he gets to be on, and I mean, that show didn't really mean much to me anyway, so I'll still watch it, but whatever. Good to see him go. Yeah, exactly. And the, the crazy thing about this one is it's, it wasn't new. Like mm-hmm. they were like someone accused him in like 2004 yeah. of this, and then it was kind of hushed, mm-hmm. um, and for weird, very weird reasons. Mm-hmm. Like there was Scientology. Scientology, involved. yeah, yeah. So this was a long time coming, and I think Netflix mishandled it for a while, mm-hmm. and then realized it, and all of a sudden made a decision. I think something else came out recently that was a little bit more concrete, mm-hmm. and so he now they're like, hey, get out of here. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's uh, good. Good. Mm-hmm. Justice is served, and fuck that guy. Yep. Another big Netflix show, obviously, is Stranger Things. Uh, if you if you haven't listened, go back a few episodes and listen to Seth's TV Corner about Stranger Things Season 2, or just Stranger Things 2. Two! That came out this year. And no surprise to anybody else, more Stranger Things to come, right? Oh, yeah. Stranger Things 3. Uh, I think they'd already preliminarily put like season three and four saying you know this will be in production but now it's official that stranger things three will be happening for sure so i'm excited yeah i think almost everyone is i don't know anyone who doesn't like stranger things Mm -hmm. so and also it's done really well and a lot of folks are watching it and it's getting reviewed well Mm -hmm. so no surprise here that that they're going for season three i was surprised when i saw the headline because i thought it was obvious (laughs) i was like why is this news yeah so again, more of our more of our favorite young kids. I'm hoping they can start filming these things before they all grow beards. Yeah, because they're growing up really fast already. Yep. So shifting gears from Netflix over to the CW. Uh, now you're a lot bigger fan of the CW universe mm-hmm. of Arrow and Flash and all those guys than I am. So I don't watch any of those shows. You do. Um, and there was a big episode last week. Yeah, they had the the annual crossover with all the all the shows which was pretty fun uh just touching this real quickly because the this most recent season of the shows hasn't been great uh, they've been okay the the, act, the one that's been actually really really good is legends of tomorrow they've really hit their stride and they know what they are they're they don't take themselves seriously at all uh they just they just make jokes and and it's a, it's it's basically a comic book on tv every week which is a lot of fun but uh, they have their big four-episode crossover, which that was actually a lot of fun, too. They None of that was taken super seriously. It was uh, something actually pretty big from the comics that happens. Uh, it's uh, Crisis on, on Earth X is what it's called, um, which is a big comic book happening, which in the comics it's with the you know the whole people, you know, Batman, Superman. But in this it was just the, the CW universe, and it was basically Earth X is where Hitler, it's kind of like, uh, it's like the man in the high castle. Uh, it's where Hitler won the war and, and they figured out nukes first. And then now all the superheroes that are around are all evil instead. So yeah. uh, that was pretty fun because you got to see kind of like Bad Oliver and Bad, actually Flash wasn't there, it was uh, Eobard Thawn who kind of, he, he's been the bad guy in Legends and the Flash. Brought every, He brought those evil guys over to, to the current Earth to try and take the current Earth over. But it was fun to see everyone interact. It was a lot of jokes and just kind of let a quick... They handle, they handle it very well in terms of who gets the screen time. Oliver Queen got the most of it because he was kind of like the leader. But the rest of it was handled pretty well because there's, there's at one point they had them all on the screen and there's about 30 yeah. characters between the Legends and Flash and they threw it uh, Captain Cold. He, he he was back he was back for the episode and they brought a new character in the name the Ray who should be on the Legends soon, so they handled it really well and it was fun and, and funny and it was good to see it, it ended with a, I'm not gonna spoil it for anyone who still actually watches those shows, but uh, it ended pretty cheesy with with uh, Barry and I, Barry and Iris and Oliver and Felicity, but uh, yeah and for for those who maybe watch just one of the shows, definitely check out the whole thing. Um, it's not going to get you back into the other shows, I don't think, but it's just fun. You get to see all the characters joke around and interact and stuff. So so do you have to watch all four episodes? Like, do they still put it out in four episodes, one for yeah. each show, and mm-hmm. you have to watch it all for the complete thing? Yeah. So they do, they the night, well, they ended up moving Arrow to Monday night instead of normally on Thursday nights. So they moved Arrow on, so it was Monday night, it was 
uh, Supergirl and Arrow, and it was seven and eight o'clock. And then Tuesday night was the normal Flash and Legends, and that was seven and eight o'clock. So, so are they shot differently? Like their mm-hmm. own? Ep- it's all just one big fat episode. This year it was one big thing. Uh, it even had its own look and its own intro. Whereas last year when they did it, that was the first one they did. It was each episode looked like because each show has their own distinct camera, like the way it's shot and the way it looks and the color and the light and everything like that. Um, whereas this one is all together. So, um, I liked it a lot more this year because they didn't have to do the whole introductory thing either. It was like, they're all here. Let's have fun. Let's go do the thing. So it was cool. Sounds pretty sweet. Yeah. Like you mentioned, if you're still watching the CW universe, which there are less and less, I think folks, but mm-hmm. the folks that, that have stayed around still like it. Um, and so, you know, I, I've seen, I think I watched the first like flash and arrow crossover when it was on mm-hmm. and uh I, I it's kind of fun to see you know multiple of them in the same shot yeah it's it's it shows kind of like just what what could be done with things like the avengers and and justice especially justice league avengers does it pretty well justice league i don't think they they've quite hit the i think maybe justice league 2 can maybe they can hit that point where it's you know everyone together and they hit that stride whereas like with this, they were everyone is in their roles, and they threw in a couple storylines from the shows, um, and and capitalized on that. But like Barry and Iris were getting married, so that was one big one. And then like uh, Heatwave, who is Jax and and uh, the old dude, um, Gray is his name. They have been doing a storyline in Legends of Tomorrow where he's they want to split up and get rid of their the old guy wants to get rid of his powers and go to his family, and they did that. But otherwise, it was just a lot of quick hitters and one liners and cool action and stuff so Hmm. gotta love a good team up speaking of let's get over to movies movies along the lines of dc we got some news of uh harley quinn movies coming up this makes me like i don't know what this makes me (laughs) so there's uh margot robbie came out and said the other day that there's already there was already a plan of a harley quinn solo movie um stupid and and then also plans of a Harley Quinn and Joker movie. I think that actually was the first one. And then the the solo movie came out shortly after. And now there's talks of a Harley Quinn. It's called Gotham, Gotham City Sirens. Which what that is would be Harley Quinn. It would be Poison Ivy. And it would be Catwoman. So kind of a team up type thing in that with villains. So all three movies are in in development where they got people writing. And people kind of producing and, and trying to get something going and get wb to say do it but none of them are official and and it's likely going to be just one of them are made but yeah what do you think about that i hate that this is all centered on harley quinn Mm -hmm. so it's either going to be harley and joker Mm -hmm. harley by herself Mm -hmm. or harley and and catwoman and poison Mm -hmm. i i think they're all stupid ideas (laughs) my thing with it is one harley quinn is a useless character i'll say it i know a lot of people like her and she sells t-shirts and shit but she she's dumb she serves no purpose other than having big titties that's the only thing she's out there for. And Jesus. yeah, I'm not saying I like, I don't know. She just at least put a character behind it. Obviously that's what you're going for. You put her in tiny shorts in Suicide Squad, even though she's supposed to be fighting people. Why would she be wearing tiny shorts and like no knee pads, <laughs> you know? And then now, which, okay, fine. Maybe you have a big team up movie where there's a bunch of these guys. Will Smith is kind of in the front. And then you have hot Margot Robbie and no pants walking around on the side and saying her little creepy weird things but you can't make Mr. her the enti- J. you can't make her the entire movie she's yeah. a side character she doesn't exist without the joker mm-hmm. or without you know i guess batman sometimes or whoever it is she's going against so the standalone movie dumb get mm-hmm. rid of it two harley quinn and the joker the joker is the same way you can't make a movie based on the joker he can't be the focal point of the movie Mm -hmm. because he has to go against Batman or at least someone, you know, maybe he goes against another hero. Fine. But he's got to go against someone because he only exists as an opposite to someone else. Mm -hmm. He can't carry his own movie. He's not that character. So that movie's also stupid. The only one of these that I could see working, well, working from a, it's a decent movie standpoint. Mm -hmm. The other two would obviously work commercially. Mm -hmm. The Gotham city sirens ones. I kind of dig as a team up movie. Yeah. I, I, Catwoman's a really cool character, and I like Poison Ivy. Yeah. Now, there's going to be maybe, between the three of them, half of one pair of pants. <laughs> but well, I like the idea of it being a team-up, and they've got like different personalities, and they've got to learn to get along to do whatever it is they have to do. Yeah. Ca- uh, Catwoman will have all leather on. It's basically going to be like if you're having no pants, but there'll be pants there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that, that one actually sounds interesting to me. And all of them have been, in the comics, anti-heroes, too. Uh, mm-hmm. All three of them, I mean, Catwoman, we all know, she's 
you know fought along Batman. Um, but so have Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn in the, in the comics too. So in different iterations. So I, I think that there could be in Batman. I don't think will be in this, but you could see potentially a story being written where they they team up for a good cause of some kind, all with their own intentions, of course. But depends on who they cast for the other the roles too. Like if they put Michelle Pfeiffer back in the Catwoman role, or even Holly Berry, put Holly Berry back as Catwoman, boom, I'm so in. I like looking at Halle Berry, but no one should ever be reminded of that terrible, terrible movie. It was so, so, so bad. Obviously, I don't want that to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer I can get with, though. She can still get it. Halle Berry can definitely still get it. They can all get it. Let's be honest. Mr. J. So, this piece of news kind of surprised me. You told me about it earlier. I didn't think this movie needed a sequel, um, but it was one of our favorites from earlier this year. Yeah. Baby Driver 2. In the works, potentially. Uh, they're coming... Sony and Edgar Wright are coming close to on a, on a deal to write the sequel. So I don't know if he'd be in to direct it or not, but it sounds like he's he want to, potentially might want to write it. So it depends on how much money. It feels to me he's he's the type of guy who he doesn't do a lot of sequels. <laughs> I can't think of many that he's done or any, honestly. And he it seems to me like when he does something he really likes and it, it did not, like I think that's his best movie. I, I, I feel it, it just seems like it's a money grab. But well, I think it's a money grab by the studio. Yeah, I I don't know if Red will end up doing this because he's obviously got plenty of money. Mm-hmm. But he all you, you can tell anytime you watch an Edgar Wright movie, you can tell that he was fully into it. Yeah, you know, and there's each of them has a really unique style and is different and cool and and stands on its own. So I I obviously don't know Edgar Wright, but mm-hmm. based on what I do know about him, I don't think he's gonna want to do it. But money talks. Yeah, so. You never know what's going to happen. I don't like this move at all be- for another reason, because I don't think there's any way you can make a sequel to this that doesn't suck. <laughs> it's it's based... The whole thing is a gimmick. Now, it's a gimmick I really enjoyed. Yeah. I love that movie. Yep. But I don't think it carries over to yeah. a sequel. What do you... You know, it's just going to be different music, and he's driving for a different reason. Yep. That's all you can do. You're going to get the, the love story with him, and and uh, I can't remember her name even. Deborah. Deborah, yeah. I haven't rewatched it. It's one of my favorite movies, but I haven't rewatched that since I got it. I, yeah, I, this is one. I'm normally not a huge uh, detractor for sequels. I generally like going back to universes I enjoy. But this is one I, I would be scared. I'm, I obviously see it. But this is one I'd be scared to, scared to see because it, it was one of those movies that felt like it had a pretty natural ending to it. And coming back to it, I feel like it goes from... It's almost like... So, like, Rocky came out, right? And it was just, like, the, this Academy Award-winning movie, and it had that nice ending with him, even though he lost, you know, he was, he was a winner. But then now it's just like, okay, so he's just going to fight more. And the same thing with Baby Driver. It's like, oh, he's just going to drive for criminals more. Yeah. Like, it's going to be that. It's going to be the same thing. Yeah. I have a little bit of the same concern about Deadpool mm-hmm. going forward because I think it, it surprised people so much and was so different. Now all they can do is the same shit some more. Mm-hmm. And so I'm also concerned about Deadpool. Less so because they have more, there's more Deadpool yeah. stories that they can go to, introduce new characters mm-hmm. and all that stuff. Baby Driver is one thing. Mm-hmm. And all they're going to do is tire people out of that one thing. Yep. So I hope this doesn't happen. I yeah. hope Edgar Wright goes on and does something else. Going off of Edgar Wright, one other kind of polarizing director from the past is Brian Singer. Uh, he just got fired from the Queen biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. The only reason I'm paying attention to this is because it stars Rami Malek from Mr. Robot, and he's awesome. <laughs> and I don't know if you've seen the pictures of him from this, but he looks identical to Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. I do remember yeah. he's doing that. Um, and from all accounts, this movie should be really good. But So he, he got fired. Uh, there's a couple things that came out about that. One is that he, and he's done this in the past with not only just this movie, but X-Men movies and Superman, the Superman movie he did. Uh, he just doesn't show up. Brian Singer doesn't. Yeah, he'll just not be there. So people have to just shoot things without him. Huh. And he doesn't. He doesn't take. It's like this. This movie, the DP had to direct about half the film. Wow. So uh, the other thing too, though, is there's some accusations coming out about him, uh, kind of rumor milly, but with a few, few more kind of legit type things towards it. So, um, I don't, is this something you'd be interested in seeing though? Absolutely. Yeah. Freddie Mercury is one of was one of the most amazing showmen. Yeah. There's a concert video that you can watch. I think it's in Germany. And it, it, there's one specifically. I imagine Queen fans out there will know the ones I'm talking about. 
Um, but there's one specific concert video that you can watch of him, and he just goes nuts mm-hmm. for the entire two-hour show or however long it is. And he's he's sweating bullets, but he's just running around, and he has the most energy. And, you know, he's got that unique voice, and he's just so loud mm-hmm. and in the coolest way because there weren't – he came up at a time when he was really unique mm-hmm. and different from a lot of the other rock bands that yeah. were out because they were a rock band that they were pretty effeminate. Mm-hmm. You know, especially him. He was gay. Yep. And they were, the other rock bands at the time were all about being super angry and dark and like mean and being like men, men, men. And they didn't care. They were just fun and they did all of their music. And if you're a tough guy, you obviously listen to We're the Champions. Yeah. You know? And so he was a trailblazer for, for gay folks. He was an excellent just performer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you've never gotten a chance to watch Freddie Mercury perform, Look it up on YouTube, and it, you're in for a treat because the guy was stellar. So, what do you think, though? Now that because there's been some turmoil on there, and with with the director, do you think that this hurts it, or do you think because there's also rumors that him and Brian Singer and Robbie Malik were actually buttonheads too? That does concern me some, mm-hmm. but I think that I think if the writing was good, mm-hmm. then it will still be okay. Yeah, I think it, if if you have mediocre writing, then the directing is obviously super important. Yeah. But if the writing was already good, then, you know, a director change shouldn't make it terrible. Yeah. And just the fact that it's Freddie Mercury is going to get me there. Obviously, Rami Malek is going to do a good job. Yeah. And so I'm still going to go, yes, this does kind of make me lean back just a touch, but it's not enough to, to make me. I'd rather Brian Singer be out. Yeah. Um, especially if there's some some nasty allegations coming out against him. But, yeah, definitely one that I'm still going to go see. Brian Singer doesn't seem like this is the type of movie he would direct anyway. Huh. And I think if you get that conflict out with him and just not being there and people not not liking him and then Rami Malek too I think I think there's a couple weeks left of of shooting on the movie because uh, they've been going for a while now and so there's a couple weeks left I think that if they need to do any reshoots they can do that I think I think it'll be fine I hope so because that that could be a really sweet one and you know those biopics yeah when folks do those are definite Oscar baits yeah so I would, if he I, does a great job who oh, knows I would love Rami Malek to get to get a, a best best actor nom Speaking of the Oscars, we went to a, a couple movies over the weekend that are definitely going to be an Oscar contention. It sounds like for a good reason. Before we get to those, we're going to do a couple uh, reviews. But before we get to that, we've got Quentin Tarantino news, <laughs> which is always my favorite shit to get to. Oh, yeah. Starting with the, you know, the long rumored, it's in the works, Charlie Manson themed movie that Tarantino's coming out with next. We got a release date? Yeah, August 9th. 2019 i think it's, it's it's definitely august 2019 the 50th anniversary of the actual manson murders and some people have kind of said that that's maybe poor taste definitely isn't terrible horrible taste um <laughs> the thing that i'm that i think about it though is that if this movie is like inglorious bastards it's not about the manson murders and that's what we're kind of hearing right you know and i don't think tarantino is doing it to get more people to come to it people are going to come to it yeah. he's 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 a name director, or you see his name on something, people go to it. I think he. I I hope he's doing it to maybe honor the people who died in it, because it sounds like the the woman who was murdered. You know that she has she play kind of plays a role in it too. So Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll see. There's a lot of ways this movie could go, and we've talked about it a little bit. It's something I'm really excited Mm -hmm. for. I don't like that they're bringing it out on the anniversary of the murders because still people died, and Mm -hmm. they're gonna make money off this movie regardless of how you spin it. That's ugly to me. But I'm glad that there's a release date, because that gives me a date to count down to. You know what also comes out that day, though, too? Big screen adaption of Artemis Fowl also comes out that same day. Oh, wow. That'll get crushed. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to they're gonna bail on that date, bet money. In other Tarantino movie, movie news, and this is something I never knew I wanted until I was told it was going to be a possibility. <laughs> it sounds like Quentin Tarantino is in talks to do a Star Trek movie. <laughs> Tell me that that's not the weirdest thing you've ever read. It's weird, but I, I, I've heard that he is a huge Star Trek fan. Like, he loves, he knows he knows a lot about Star Trek. Like, he's, he's a, definitely a Trekkie. And he's he's talked about for years wanting to do a Star Trek movie. So, I I, I don't like Star Trek. I, it's not that I don't like Star Trek. I, I'm indifferent about Star Trek. And... This would get me to go for sure. I'd be there day one to see this movie. Yeah, I just, it's really weird to think about because he's only ever done his own stories, mm-hmm. right? And he's never really adapted anything. Could that be terrible? Uh, I don't know because he's able to always do whatever he wants. Mm-hmm. If he's going to come out with a Star Trek movie, 
Now, maybe it's a Star Trek movie that is some new crew on some new ship that mm-hmm. we haven't seen doing its own thing, and then he can bring his own Tarantino flavor to it, all the cussing and the violence and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if he comes out with a movie about J.T. Kirk, and he's yelling motherfucker and stabbing guys in the eyeball, and mm-hmm. and they're playing you know, 1970s rock music, it's in the background, like, that's not gonna work, and it's gonna piss off Trekkies. Well, Star Trek is a little more lenient, though, with the, with their, their canon, and it could take place in a different universe type thing. I don't know, I think this, I think he's gonna be able to do what he wants with it. Yeah, I, I think they'd be silly to bring him on and not give him creative control. Mm -hmm. I hope that it's away from the Star Trek that everyone likes, because I, I don't know, that seems like a, an easy way to just get rid of what could potentially be an obstacle to it. Mm-hmm. That and I don't think that Star Trek has never been dirty and cussy and mm-hmm. that hyper-violent, which is what Tarantino's great at. Mm-hmm. So it's either you're not going to get great as great Tarantino because he's got to come down to Star Trek, or it's really going to throw some shit on Star Trek, you know, because all of a sudden they're all yelling fuck. Mm-hmm. So, you know, who knows which of those it is. That's why I hope... They give him a totally, let him let him write his own Star Trek story and go do his own thing, mm-hmm. and then he can have the best of both worlds. Yeah. Well, I mean, most Trekkies, traditional Trekkies, didn't like the Abrams ones, mm-hmm. and those movies were better than any of the Star Trek movies, so they can suck it. <laughs> yeah, it's tough to, uh, it's tough to come out in the '70s and '80s with your movies and not have it be as good as a J.J. Abrams two hundred yeah. million dollar movie. But those those Trekkies, even those Trekkies, though, like say oh, it's a better film. It's better. It's like. It's, no, it's objectively not. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to get death threats from any Trekkies out there. So I, don't care. I like the Abrams movies. Uh, I've I, honestly, I've not seen any of the old Star Trek movies, to be honest, and I haven't really watched the show. I know enough about Star Trek to know that it's cool, not enough to have a huge opinion about the canon and all that yeah. stuff. So we'll see. I, like you said before, anything Quentin Tarantino does, I'm gonna go see, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna be really cool. So. Who knows? Obviously, that's going to have to wait until after this Manson movie gets put out. So, who knows? But I hope it happens. I don't yeah. know about you. That'd be interesting. Last big piece of news we got that kind of that came out today, something we talked talked about, uh, about probably about a month ago now, and, and it quieted down. But today, it finally picked back up, and we're getting real close, is that uh, Disney and Fox merger. Sounds like it's going to be a very large monetary gain for Fox, uh, $60 billion. Which billion. Ma- which that's more than Dr. Evil wanted. <laughs> which that, that's a, that's makes the star, the Lucas films look like chump change. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, it actually has a lot more involved in it than just what it was before. Before it was just kind of the, the Fox movie library and, you know, potentially the, the going forward rights. Now it, it's come out to be that it's going to, they're going to own basically everything, but Fox sports, which is, you know, your your Fox NFL Sunday, uh, Fox News, which they don't want that anyway, and um, the Fox Network, the, you know, the ones on TV that has, you know, New Girl and all this stuff on it. So Disney would own FX. They would own 20th Century Fox. They'd own Fox Searchlight. They'd be able to get themselves an Oscar potentially with some of those those studios now. Um, they would own um, FXX, which is a great network. You watch some of I your love shows. FXX. <laughs> and then they'd own uh, the majority stake in Hulu as well. So... There's a lot there that they would be owning. I don't. I don't know. I, I would be excited for the 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 Marvel aspect of it, but overall, I don't. I don't know. This kind of doesn't sound good to me. Uh, what, what do you think? I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like. I don't like Disney more and more that I learn about how they do business and just what they try to do. I don't like Disney, mm-hmm. and I definitely don't like them owning everything mm-hmm. because. You know, if if they bring in Fox and everything that comes along with it, which is a ton, then they just they just are media. I it, I get the I get the sense that Disney wants to be Amazon mm-hmm. for media, and mm-hmm. I don't like it at all. I I, I like that X Men is separate. I don't want them to combine it with the MCU, at least as it is now. I like that X Men's able to do its own thing, mm-hmm. and so the what they're coming out with now for X Men, like New Mutants. There's some interesting yeah. and cool stuff that they're doing over there yep. that they're not going to do with Disney. They're not going to put a horror movie out. I guess they could still do it under the Fox name yeah. or whatever. But, no, I don't like it. I don't like all of everything that they get. It's it's too much yeah, to me. Yeah, it's a lot. There's way too, FX and FXX, mm-hmm. you know, because all that says to me is a lot of that stuff is going to get canceled. Uh, to me, Disney is not going to put the time and money into shows like You're the Worst, mm-hmm. which I'm the only one that I know that watches. <laughs> That FXX does. Yep. FXX loves that show, and they, they, they put the money and the time into it to make a good show. Disney, I, I don't think Disney will, will put in that effort. I think a lot of shit's going to get canceled, yep. and 
it's just it's it's ugly to me and I don't like it because they're under the same and they're under the same umbrella as ABC. Mm-hmm. So do you really think if a really cool show comes along that it's going to go to FX? No, they're going to put it on ABC. Right. Because that's their flagship show and it's on the network. Well, so here, here's the other thing to think about too, though, is so now they own they own two major movie studios, right? Right. Now, like think of all the movies that come out on on 20th Century Fox that compete with Marvel. Mm-hmm. You know that that it's they're not there's no studios competing they own every superhero movie ever to be made yeah which some might might think could be a good thing and in some cases it could be a good thing but like you said you're not going to get creative it's 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 going to be basically a monopoly on the superhero movies um and then like 20th century fox and fox in general they they are a little bit more they'll take chances on things um, especially like Fox Searchlight is another one where that is an ind- more of an independent type. That's one of the movies I talk. I'm going to talk about later is Three Billboards that came out in Fox Searchlight, and I it, I think you're going to get less of those because that 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 movie takes chances with things. Disney's less likely to take those chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you, and I hate it because like you, I agree with what you said. The FXs and the Fox Searchlights of the world they they take more risks and they put out more different and creative things. Mm-hmm. Atlanta was never going to be on Disney. Mm-hmm. That was never going to happen. Yep. And, you know, there's going to be, I think, a lot of creativity lost. Now, where I do see as an opportunity is a studio like A24. I think some of these movies that might have gone to Fox Shirtslight could potentially go to something like A24, who's Mm -hmm. gotten really big with the indies lately. So I think some of those movies will still get made, but they won't get as much attention as they would have if they were put out by Fox, just mm-hmm. because of the nature of the studios they're going to have to go to. Yep. So I, I hate every part of this. None of it makes me happy. I, I understand why people would be psyched that potentially this means X-Men come into the MCU. Mm-hmm. I totally understand that. What I don't like about it is, do you really think Wolverine is going to stab anyone in the chest in an <laughs> MCU movie? No. Do you think anyone's going to get their head ripped off by you know who Magneto, or he's going to tear the blood out of someone's... No, that's never going to happen in a Disney movie. Mm-hmm. And... One of the things I've always liked, like Logan, that movie never gets put out by Disney. Yeah. Ever. That movie has a nice contrast with everything that's MCU. You don't want your X-Men movies to look like the MCU movies Mm -hmm. because they already look all the same. With the exception of, you could maybe say Thor, but Mm -hmm. I could even probably argue against you on that. Yeah. But Spider-Man, Iron Man, Hulk, well, Hulk doesn't have a movie. Thor, Doctor Strange, all these movies look exactly the same. They all look like they have the same director. And if you just bring X-Men into that, I, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I definitely don't think that that's worth everything else, especially Hulu. You know, you mentioned, and this is, I think, an oh, by the way thing, and not a lot of people knew that Fox has a controlling stake in Hulu. Disney has been wanting to put out their streaming service. What does that mean for Hulu? Does it go away? Does it get its name changed to Disney streaming? Well, they're going to lose. Do they have both? They're going to they're gonna lose all of, at least the, the Fox shows. Because all the Fox shows are, you can, you can watch most of all the seasons on the Fox shows on, on Hulu. They all go away. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I think, they all get moved. Well, you know what though, actually, because it's the the Fox, Fox networks keeps their shows. So I don't know. I don't know how that would work. Yeah. So that's another thing. Mm-hmm. The only potentially good thing I could see about this, if Disney kept Hulu as it is and just said this is the only place Disney movies go, because then you're sure you're getting all your Disney movies, but then you can also do the things you're already doing on Hulu, streaming the the shows that are on right now, and you know watching shows from certain net networks that you can see on Hulu. If they combined them and kept the aspects of both, I would like that because I still hate this idea of there being a separate place to go just for Disney movies. Well, that Disney's not going to stop their own streaming service because it's, it's the name brand. More people know Dis- the name Disney sure. than Hulu, so. You know, and even fine, rename it, you know, Mickey Mouse streaming service or whatever the hell, but let it make sure it still does the same things Hulu already does. I mm-hmm. guess that's that's what I yeah. want to see out of it. Well, I think when whenever Disney does their own streaming service, when that boots up, it's going to be the same, if not better, than most streaming services in terms of just the way it's laid out and mm-hmm. the way it work, works and runs, just because they have the money behind it. Yeah. They have $60 billion to spend on Apparently. buying someone. So, Oof. Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't like any part of this for at any level, but, you know, Disney's going to do what Disney's going to do, and, and they don't care what we think. So, yeah. I don't know. It could present for some interesting opportunities in the future, uh, but we shall see. More to come. There you go. Well, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. We saw a couple Oscar contenders Um, over the weekend and we'll talk about coco first now this is the animated one Uh, it's a lot of mexican culture day of the dead type stuff disney pixar put it out and you know right off the bat i'm just i just want to say this probably is going to be best picture or best 
animated. animated. Best yeah. animated movie of the year. Mm-hmm. It's easily the best one I've seen, and I can't even think of anything that, that is going to compete with it, Mm-mm. even. And just a few of the reasons why. The animation is gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Pixar always does a great job. I think they've taken another step up. Mm-hmm. You and I were talking on the way home from this about the water yeah. in this movie. You forget you're watching a cartoon yep. for a couple seconds. The plot of this movie was great. It's it's a really good, feel-good story. It's really cool for kids and adults. Everyone can enjoy it. I went to it with you and another guy who was 26, so, and we enjoyed it yeah. a lot. It's, it's very funny. It's very touching and heartwarming. Everything about it, I think they knocked out of the park. What did you think? Yeah, it was it was pretty incredible. I I'm not one as we talked about to to get emotional during movies, and I I didn't during this. Uh, but it, it's it was definitely. I mean, I felt that there was definitely some emotions there. Uh, I mean, it's it's crazy that in a movie like especially like an animated movie that, that Disney comes out with, normally there's a few stars here and there. I I didn't recognize any of the voices, but I I still was able to connect to this pretty easy and and really I think it might have even made it easier because it it was a fresh story in my mind. It was mm. it was really good. Yeah, it was it was amazing, and you know, people. If you're if you haven't gone to see Coco yet, it's gonna get a big recommend from us. Definitely go see it, uh, no matter who you are. Take your kids, take your friends, whatever it is, go see it. But here's your warning: we got this warning too. You're you probably are gonna cry at this movie. Uh, I got that warning, and it definitely came true. <laughs> and when I say cried, like it was like a really ugly full body cry, like with like some sniffs, and like it was very snotty. I think I hiccuped once. It was it was very ugly. So be prepared for some highly emotional parts of this movie uh, that might make you cry. Yeah, I was I was sitting between you and then a guy I didn't know on my left, but then he took his daughter and and a big theme of this movie is you know father and, and daughter type relationships or just family. And between you and the guy sitting next to me, it sounded like a waterfall. And they're like, <laughs> it was rough. It was rough, but very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. It was a this is us type cry that's very cathartic and yeah. enjoyable. So definitely, 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 maybe the biggest recommend we've given so far, for me at least, this is just me saying, yeah. um, is Coco. Definitely get out and see Coco as soon as you can. For sure. Um, the other one you went to, I did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we alluded to it a little bit earlier. And it's an Oscar contender. I'm going to ask you a little bit later on if you think it still should be. Yeah. It's Three Billboards. Three Billboards. And, and because we're getting into the season now of uh, movies and TV's kind of taking its... its uh, you know, a little bit of a break right now, and, and you know, we're out of the TV season right now, so we're, we're going to have uh, Seth's, t- or Seth's movie movie nook from now on. The movie nook. Movie nook, so, because um, I'll be seeing a lot of, of these Oscar movies. I'm going to see as many as I can, thanks to MoviePass. We're, get, we're getting them, and so yeah, Three Billboards, which was put out by Fox, Fox Searchlight, which is kind of funny, more, more, of a, more of an independent studio, and they, they try to get their Oscar Oscars around this time of year, so... Three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri, is what the the full title is. So if you're you're confused by just three billboards, you can check it out with the, under the full title. So this stars this movie stars Frances McDormand, who is a traditionally I found a traditionally British actress. Uh, she's gotten some attention in the past, but she plays this character named Mildred. Um, as you can probably just guess by the title, uh, it's about three billboards that are put up outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and they're they're pretty controversial. And I'm not going to go into really much of the plot because I think this movie is much better seen uh, going in more fresh because even the trailer doesn't it obviously it shows that what she puts up is controversial but it doesn't really delve into why and so she she puts up these three billboards outside of this road in rural Missouri where not many people travel it's she they mentioned in the movie that this road has barely any traffic because there is a new road uh, like an uh, interstate put up so um, she puts this up, though, because some people in the town see it. And the billboards, basically what they, they criticize the local police for a not specified reason uh, that I'm not going to say. Um, after she feels, Mildred feels that the police aren't doing their job correctly. And so Woody Harrelson plays the chief of police, his name's Willoughby, um, who one of the billboards is criticizing. One of the other kind of main star is Sam Rockwell. I'm sure you've seen him in some some things. Uh, I, can't, I can't remember. Justin Hammer in Iron Man 2. Sure, there you go. Um, he plays he plays Dixon, who is basically Willoughby's most loyal supporter. He's a cop, and he's he's kind of his lackey. Uh, first, he kind of sees a general piece of garbage. So uh, that, that's all I'll say about about him. But he's he, all three of these people: uh, Woody Harrelson, uh, Francis McDermott, and Sam Rockwell give amazing performances in this movie. Uh, the best, though, by far, is easily Frances McDermott. She is she is 
incredible in this movie. Um, none of these people in this movie are likable at all. I would say at first sight. So there, I mean, it takes place in in rural Missouri. You get a lot of racism, hom- homophobic tendencies, things like that. But because of the circumstances that they that they come about in this movie and the the changes in growth and character, you find yourself even though you know they're pieces of garbage, you find yourself rooting for them, in which it's different and it's because it's not it's not really necessarily a depressing movie because there's some uplifting moments in it but you root for them in certain ways that doesn't make you feel bad for rooting for them so that, that's what i'll say about that like i said there's not there's not a, a pc early tone um i wasn't surprised by this because it takes place in missouri but uh it felt a little heavy-handed at times with some of the slurs and and you know the things they say about people it's not not the best but overall i thought Minus that, the writing was really incredible. There's shifts in the plot that I didn't see coming, and I'm find my I'm usually pretty good at catching things from you know when you're getting directed one way. There's a couple things in here I was like, well, that that got me that got me guessing. So it's really interesting, and it's not in it. It's not so big where you're like, oh, that's out of nowhere. You can kind of guess it, but it's it's big enough where it kind of surprises you, and it's a nice gratifying moments when it happens. I definitely think though that this is something that anyone who enjoys the Oscars and, 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 you know, wants to see those type of movies should see this movie. Cause I, I definitely think this will be nominated in one way or another. Mostly I, I, I would say Frances McDormand is a lock for best actress. Um, just her character overall, the, when you see her reacting to certain situations, even when she doesn't have any dialogue, the look on her face tells the entire story without her saying a word. And that, that's pretty incredible. Um, anyone who can cry and command like that is that's damn good acting. The way her char- the way her character is, she puts on a tough exterior, but you can see on how like how bad she hurts on the inside, which which is pretty incredible. So it's it's definitely I'd recommend this. It, it, there's gonna be some th- hard things to get through, but definitely recommend this for anyone who enjoys good cinema in general or just someone who wants to see a, a legitimate Oscar contender. So Frances McDormand has she's been getting a lot of buzz for this, mm-hmm. well deserved. Yeah, it's I read an article today that it's it's kind of the best actress is down between her and, and Meryl Streep, who's in the post. I haven't seen that yet. I'm really excited to, but it's those two, and it's it's not even close for the rest of it. It sounds like so. Any chance at uh, any of those two guys for supporting or the movie for best picture? Potentially for Harrelson for supporting. He's he plays a, a pretty a pretty sizable role, but I don't know enough to. I don't know if it's enough to, to win him it. He might get a nod, but I don't think he'd win it. Um, best picture, I, I think this has a shot to be nominated. Will it win? I don't know. But I think it, it definitely has a, I would say, about a 70% chance to get nominated. Yeah. Well, we live in a world now where there's 10 nominees. Yeah. So sounds like probably. Mm. I think it has a, a better shot than Lady Bird. Um, if I'm just going off of how much I enjoyed the movies, I actually enjoy this a lot more oh, than wow. Lady Bird. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a complete movie. It never felt like an independent movie. I mean, it's it, it is and it isn't. But it has that eventual climax and kind of the the resolution. It has a nice artistic kind of ending to it, which is cool too. Like I said, I want to be really spi- light on the spoilers for this one because it's it's something you got to ex- kind of watch and experience. I mean, it's not life changing by any means, but it, it's something that you don't want to have anything really known about too much before you go into it. So, yeah, this one was on. I I know just barely a little bit about the plot and. Mm-hmm. It already sounded like something I wanted to go see, but definitely I'm going to try to get out yeah. based on what you're saying here. And that that's that's the makings of a good trailer, too, because they don't give you give you much. It looks good, but they don't give you a whole lot. Yep. So, yeah, it's 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 very, very good. What's next for you? You got plans for any of these new uh, Oscar movies coming out soon? Well, um, yeah, there's not a whole... Uh, we were just talking before we started that there's not a whole lot in the area right now or where we're at just because it's it's Christmas and we got Star Wars next week and then there's just a lot of Christmas movies playing. We probably won't be getting more of the Oscar movies until January around here when get more buzz. Some movies that I really want to see, though, that are getting some attention. The Post is one I already mentioned that it, that has a lot of strong best picture type of conversations. All the Money in the World. Uh, which the Michelle Williams and Christopher Plummer, um, Mark Wahlberg also in that Shape of Water with uh, it's directed by Guillermo del Toro. I've heard some of the reviews are coming out for that, and they said it's crazy good. Yeah, um, what Michael Shannon is that? Yeah, and uh, I don't know who the the actress is. I've seen her and stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, I know that uh, Octavia Spencer's in it as well. So that looks really good. I Tanya, which is another one that's getting some buzz with Margot Robbie, uh, the story of Tanya Harding. 
So I think that that could be interesting. There's one that's coming out on Voodoo in the next couple of weeks uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal, Stronger. Uh, I think it's a story of he's I think he's uh, paralyzed and he's kind of working his way back from that. So that that looked interesting, and I've heard some some buzz for him as a potential nominee. Um, Call Me by Your Name is another one that I've heard a lot of things about. I can't point out who's in it because I think it's pretty Army Hammer. Yeah, he's in, and that that's one I've heard that he he's had this this big drought for a long time. People said he's had these great performances, mm-hmm. but. That's one I've heard he might get nominated for. And then one I've heard, not Best Picture, but Best Supporting, uh, Willem Dafoe and the Florida Project is one. I've, we, we've rec- Lindsay recommended that to us, ah. um, saying it's a pretty crazy movie. And I've heard he, he could have some potential for Best Supporting. So, so just some, some things that I hope come around here. Disaster Artist is another one. That's I'm got, so excited for yeah. that. Uh, I just ordered the room, so I'm going to watch that before <laughs> before we see that. But uh, James Franco is getting some buzz for best actor and potentially best director, which I think I mentioned it last week. He directed the movie as Tommy Wiseau, <laughs> so it's just some just some inter- interesting movies this year. Nothing I would really expect to that you know kind of like last year. Moonlight was one that people were like, "This is incredible," and it's life changing. You know, life, not life changing, but it's it changes your thoughts. And not not a whole lot of that this year, but I think some really solid movies this year. Yeah, it's going to be really exciting, and, and you know, Seth is definitely going to get to all of them. I'm going to try to get to as many of them as, as I can, too, and, and we'll, we'll tell you guys about them, tell you uh, which ones we think deserve the buzz, which ones we think don't. So make sure you're checking back here during Oscar season for all of the latest on those movies. As always, make sure you're going to YouTube and checking out Jared Buckendall. He's going to be seeing all the movies during Oscar season as well and reviewing those. I know in the last week, he uh, Lady Bird was one of the, the movies he did, so... Make sure you get over there and check out his review. See if he agrees with Seth. I haven't seen his review of you. Does he yeah. agree with you? Yeah, he does. Good he deal. likes it. Well, make sure you're getting over to Jared's channel and checking that out as well. You can find him at Jared Buckendall on Twitter as well. You're going to find me at underscore Cody Michael. Seth is at Seth O'Ott. And, of course, follow the show's Twitter at Soko Show Pod. Don't forget also to leave us a review on Podknife. And follow that account at Podknife. And last of all, don't forget to subscribe to us wherever you're listening, whether it be SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, or Google Play. But that's going to be it for episode 21. For the solo host, Seth Ott, this is a co-host, <laughs> Cody Michael. We'll be back next week for more. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.